everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 20. We are big time now, right? Episode 20? (laughs) Feels like that to me. Um, I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it's your first episode, I hope you enjoy the show. If you have listened before and you are enjoying the show, Thank you. And also, if you would please leave a review on Apple Podcast, it really helps people find the show and hopefully other people that are looking for something like this then are able to find it. So I would really appreciate that. Today, I have a really great episode. I'm talking with another autism mama named Colleen. She is a just a wonderful mother and person. She has a blog called Life in Bloom, which we will get into all that. And Colleen is just such like a genuine, sincere person. I think you will be able to pick up on that as you listen to this episode. So with that, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Colleen. Hello, Colleen. Hi, Megan. Okay, round two. Round two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fingers crossed. Everything is better this time. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here once again. Um, <laughs> so we were chatting before about how we were connected through my friend Claudia, and you had a really cute story about her, so I want you to tell that. Um, so Claudia and I were introduced um, from a person that I worked with that she had uh, gone to high school with. And I just heard so many wonderful things about Claudia is so great. She needs a summer job. I needed a nanny. And I said, well, I I should probably meet her first because I talked to her on the phone and she just sounded so great on the phone. I'm like, well, um, I should meet you. (laughs) You should probably meet my daughter first, you know? Um, So we met her and she was just like this warm, wonderful, big, bright smile from ear to ear and super nice and funny and just like the sweetest person. And so my family just kind of scooped her up and, and, you know, made her part of our own. Um, She came into our lives when it was right after my dad had passed away and my mom had, um, had been watching my daughter up until that point, but wasn't able to anymore. And so not only was Claudia taking care of my little, my little two-year-old girl, but, um, or not even two, gosh, she was barely one now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but my mom was also going through the, the grief process. And so I think Claudia was even there to take care of my mom some days, but she just is such a wonderful wonderful person. And she actually sent me a, a quick message and said, Hey, you've got to check out my friend's podcast. I think you would <laughs> love it. And that you guys definitely need to connect. And I think on that day, the two of us, like, I liked your page, then I liked yes. your podcast and then you liked my page and then you liked my blog. And, like, yes. Kind of back and forth. Like, <laughs> yeah, this has been in the works for a while. So I'm, I'm yeah. so glad to finally get you on. And also you sound crystal clear so we we fixed our issue thank you for being patient um so you and I were were kind of talking before about sort of the beginning of your autism journey but take take us back to um that time when you know 
basically right when things started for you guys. So, um, Matthew was a great pregnancy, uh, no complications, no problems. I was a scheduled C-section and everything had been going along just normal and fine. Um, when he was born, he was just a snuggle bug, just mm. this wonderful, bright, happy little boy. Whenever he would wake up, he would always just sort of roll over and look at you with these big, huge, round eyes, just hi, you know, very, <laughs> just kind of saying hello with his eyes, just the sweetest thing. Um, and we never, we never really noticed anything. He, he may have been a little delayed on his milestones, but the delay didn't, it didn't mean much. It didn't, it, it just didn't matter much. We only had my daughter to compare to, and you can't really compare boys to girls. And my daughter was hitting milestones before, you know, she was supposed to, she was always a little ahead of the curve. So we didn't really have a way to judge. And we just said, Oh, but he's so sweet. He's always so smiley there's he's fine he'll be fine he'll catch up whatever but really it wasn't a he'll catch up it was more of he's just fine he's Mm -hmm. just him no major red flags no 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 major red flags um now he has a a cousin who is six weeks older than him Mm -hmm. so we did have sort of a way to compare now we had family parties and when they were babies, they were just babies and everything was normal and fine and you didn't really notice anything. But as they started to get a little bit older, I would notice that his cousin was starting to connect words and Matthew wasn't. And mm-hmm. he would play with a car on the rug and kind of make the vroom vroom and roll the car and Matthew wouldn't do that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't play with it that way. He would just sort of pick it up and kind of put it between. Flip it over. Yeah. Flip it over, look at it, kind of, you know, just sort of like, Ooh, what's this, but never try and use the wheels, Mm -hmm. but still no red flag because we're not thinking there's something wrong. Right. Um, it wasn't until we went on a family vacation and my sister came with us. And my sister is a special ed teacher, and she has worked with kids uh, preschool through high school. So she has a, a pretty good eye. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, a little backstory, my oldest nephew is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So autism wasn't something that I was unaware of, didn't know what it looked like, didn't know what high-functioning autism could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was vaguely familiar but when it it's not until it's your own kid that you really start to care or worry or or really understand Mm -hmm. so my sister pulled me aside and she says Kyle there's something not right he is not he's not paying attention to when you call his name Mm -hmm. and I said well maybe I just need to get his ears checked (laughs) you know I don't know she's like no I think there's more to it he doesn't make any sounds he's not trying to say any words um so that was a little scary 
How did that feel like when she was saying those things to you? Did you feel like defensive or were you like accepting? Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is my, this is my big sister who I love, I love and adore, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but when it's me and her, Mm -hmm. a lot of the times it's tough love. Uh Uh-huh. And it's usually a one direction. (laughs) (laughs) I can't always give her back the tough love, Mm -hmm. but she can definitely give me the tough love. And she was looking at me saying, okay, you need to do something. You need to recognize this. You need to see it. Do you see it? Hello. um, (laughs) And did you see it? Did you, were you thinking like, okay, she's right. Or were you like, no, I just kept, I kept thinking to myself, I know that there is sort of a six month learning curve, you know, Mm -hmm. let's give him a few more months. Okay. But that was when she said to me, are, are you going to do this? Are you going to get on board and be the mom that does something proactively? Or are you going to be the mom that's going to run away from the scary word and play catch up from Mm -hmm. that? And so that was sort of like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me what I should do. Cause I really don't know what to do. Yeah. I didn't know what would be my first phone call. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first question she's asking me is, well, what does your pediatrician think? <laughs> I'm like, my pediatrician doesn't think anything. Right. <laughs> wouldn't they, wouldn't they have told me by now? Mm-hmm. You know, was sort of that was actually a kind of a a phrase that just kept rolling through my head all the time. Wouldn't my pediatrician have pointed this out to me mm-hmm. if they noticed a delay in language or anything? Any well, little- even if they notice a delay in language, I mean, especially when they're so young, you know, a lot of these these like little things that come up, they can kind of be explained by age and like you said there there is a learning curve their kids can be you know six months ahead or six months behind but still all kind of be on the same playing field so I know exactly what you mean because we had the pretty much the same the same thing with our pediatrician Uh Um, and it was always like well you know she thinks everything's fine so maybe it is fine well and and it wasn't even like well they think everything's fine it was more like well they haven't said anything yeah do I, do I really bring it up? Do I say something? So um, my sister says to me, okay, the first thing we need to do is find out who administers early intervention in this area. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so she, thank God, honestly, thank God for my sister because mm. she said, well, let's just start where maybe we could start and I will call a special ed co-op in your district. I said, okay, sure. (laughs) So um, we live in the Western suburbs and we are connected through a a special ed co-op called case. And so she just, you know, Googled it, picked up the phone, called and she used my name. Hi, this is Colleen (laughs) Bloom. Um, noticing some things with my son and I'm just not really sure what to do or where to go and this woman could not be more helpful oh okay great well let me connect you with um 
children and family connections and we can, they'll send you somebody who will come out and talk to you and like went through the whole sort of, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. Give me your email address. I'll send you all this paperwork. You can read through it, blah, 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 blah. So this is like right around when he was maybe 18 months. Mm -hmm. And within two months, we had someone sitting in my living room. Mm -hmm. that you know talking to me so what do we need to do what are you curious about what have you talked about with the pediatrician and really my head is swimming I'm just like uh I don't know um (laughs) something's not right with Matthew but I can't really put my finger on it I I don't really know what it is and Mm -hmm. I, even though I had seen my nephew grow up, I had seen seen him go through all of these early childhood phases. Um, his markers or his uh, characteristics that led to autism were very different from Matthew. Um, he he would spin, so he was constantly stimming. Mm-hmm. Matthew didn't do any of that. And, you know, and the typical things that they tell you to look for, flapping, Mm -hmm. eye contact, that kind of uh, behavior, he didn't exhibit any of that behavior. And we got eye contact all the time. Okay. I I just kept saying, I'm like, I'm not really sure why you're here or what questions (laughs) I'm supposed to ask, but can you like, just tell me? (laughs) (laughs) So she went over the whole early intervention you know, what, what it all entailed. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you, um, three different therapists. Let's schedule it. They're going to come, they're going to do testing. Then they're going to put together their results. And then we'll all come back and reconvene and talk about what we need to do to move forward. Mm -hmm. And at that time she's telling me, you know, Matthew may not even qualify, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe this will just be all for nothing. And, you know, and in the back of my head, I'm like, Hey, well, maybe (laughs) so you know I do the the three sessions the three different therapists come and they meet with Matthew and you know they speech OT and developmental absolutely speech okay developmental they each came at different times Mm -hmm. um they immediately walked right in sat down with Matthew on the floor like their testing almost looks like little games right so they did their testing and um you know, just I was just kind of sitting there like, okay, well, what what exactly are we doing? <laughs> and and they don't really give any indication of yes, he's passing, no, he's not, right, or, or this, that, or whatever. Um, but I remember this specifically. I was walking the speech therapist to the door, and you know, I I'm just I'm trying to make light of it because it's heavy. This stuff is yeah. heavy. these people walking your door, and you're just like. Oh my God. Like, welcome to my life. (laughs) Yeah. You just have this overwhelming heaviness. But you don't. It's scary Mm -hmm. because you have no idea what they're going to say. And so I'm trying to lighten myself. And as I'm walking to the speech therapist at the door, I turn to her and I say, somewhat jokingly, so, you know, he's not that bad, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, 
Well, um, he's about nine to eleven months. I said, like behind. Mm-hmm. She goes, "Oh no, he's functioning at nine to eleven months." Mm-hmm. And my son was twenty-two months. Mm-hmm. And so you start to do the math, and that heaviness, yeah, starts to feel heavier. Yeah, it feels sinking. And it it goes from, oh, maybe he won't qualify to, oh, hell yeah, he just qualified. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So they come back. We do the whole sit down with everybody. And um, my husband travels a lot for work. So a lot of these situations, I was on my own. Mm -hmm. And when they all came in and they sat down, like as soon as I opened up the door, like I could feel the the little tears just sort of peeking their way out of my eyes, Mm -hmm. but I'm still, I still have a smile on my face and come on in. Yeah. Don't mind the tears. I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh my gosh. You sound so much like me. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I bring them in, I sit them down and we immediately get into it. And I, I actually, in that moment, I was able to call Eric and let him listen in for a couple of minutes. Okay. And um, I had my my piece of paper and pen, which was such a joke because, <laughs> like, my hand was shaking. Oh. There was no way I was going to be able to write a note. And, you know, they tell me everything. They tell me all of his percentiles and all of that. And, and he's so... <laughs> Let's just say he really qualified. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at that point, um, now I'm kind of sobbing. Oh. <laughs> and the speech therapist reaches over to me and just kind of puts her hand on my knee, kind of trying to make me feel a little bit better. And um, I just remember looking up, you know, sort of like that that little kid that looks up at their mom like, I just want to do everything right. Mm-hmm. What do I do? How, how do I be the, the best mom? Cause right now I feel like a huge failure. Mm-hmm. And the speech therapist said to me, the only way you could fail Matthew is if you took this information and you did nothing. Mm-hmm. And you don't strike me as that kind of a person. And it all of a sudden just hit me like, okay, I just got my marching orders. This is what I've got to do. Yeah. So we went through early intervention. Um, Mm -hmm. We did just about a full year. He started... Um, just before his second birthday and he finished the week before his third birthday. Mm-hmm. And then we had another round of, you know, it was kind of like, all right, the parades in town. And I've got 12 <laughs> different people walking through my living room to do testing, to do an eye exam, to do a hearing exam. To so this was inter- like school to start preschool. Yes, this was okay. all to start preschool. I'm okay. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so and you know as Matthew is sitting with like six people around him and they're all doing their own little testing. I've got someone interviewing me at my dining room table and I'm Mm -hmm. like, what's going on with Matthew? She goes, Oh no, no, don't worry about that. Let's just focus. Oh goodness. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Tell a mother not to worry. That's (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So um, all of that was really just formality. Um, his progress was slim in that year, but, but there was some, yeah, he, he went from being completely nonverbal. Um, and that includes no noises, no made up words, nothing. It, Mm -hmm. It was really just nothing. Um, and by the end of that first year, we had mama, dada, baba, you know, those simple, that's something though. That is that, that was, that was huge. I I remember sitting in one of his sessions and I'm chatting with the therapist, asking questions at the end of his session. And he's over, got this book open. It was a Peppa Pig book. (laughs) No, was it Peppa Pig? No, 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 no. It was Olivia the pig. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So he's looking at this book and there's, um, Olivia, her two brothers, and the mom and the dad. Mm-hmm. And he, I hear him go, oh, mm, e, or. <gasps> and I was like, oh, yeah, did he just count? Oh, I think he just counted. Holy crap, he just counted. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And that was like, oh, my God, we're doing yes. something right. Yes. It's working. It's working. Those moments are like everything. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> sobbing, huge, oh. huge tears. Like, oh, oh my God. Like, yes. happy dance. And, mm-hmm. you know, every little thing like that was, mm-hmm. it was a glimmer of hope. It was, it, it was a, a peek into the future. We can mm-hmm. do this. We can go. We can get moving. Mm-hmm. So he started school and that was an interesting transition because he, <laughs> he went from uh, being at home with me and being in therapy uh, three days a week to no more therapy at home mm-hmm. and just being at school. Mm-hmm. And that was a big change for me because I had always been involved in every session. Mm-hmm. So now it was, do I know what's going on? Can I ask them? And my daughter had just started kindergarten. So I was really just being introduced to the district. And I, you know, as, as a new mom into the district, you don't know anything. You don't no. know. Yay. Or the teachers or who to call <laughs> or who to ask. So I was really sort of going into it very blind. Um, and there were a few times where he would have rough days and they'd have to call me. Mrs. Bloom, we need you to come in. Uh, Matthew's having a tough time. And that's really all they would say. And I'd come in and there he would be laid out on the floor in the middle of the hallway screaming. Yay. My goodness. This is great. Um, (laughs) But a lot of it had to do with his communication and not being able to express himself. Mm -hmm. And the speech therapist there at our school is just so wonderful oh good he just kept working with him and working with him and 
every time I would get a chance to see her outside the school, she'd say, oh, Mrs. Bloom, we're working hard. We are really working hard. He Aww. is going to do this. And she just seemed very determined to help him. And the progress he made in that first year was huge. Oh, my goodness. Huge. Like, I could, I could go out and leave Matthew and the kid, you know, Matthew and Kate would be at home with my husband and I'd go out for a little while and I'd come back home and I'd open up the door and there he would be, mama, hi. Oh. And that's like, oh my God. That's <laughs> like this, the dream. This, this it, it is, it's absolutely the dream. And, but this wasn't until he was three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it took a long time. Yeah. And we just kept uh, working with the school district. And, you know, that first year we, we made so much progress and we got through a lot. Um, and then the summer came mm-hmm. and it's like, well, now what? Yeah. Is there anything available to him? And, you know, everyone just kept saying, oh, well, you know, he, re- he really doesn't qualify for what we offer over the summer, it's, it's really for the, the, the greater need, mm-hmm. the children who have greater need than Matthew. And I was like, uh, okay. So I kind of tried to pull myself together and figure out like, <laughs> well, let's see. Well, the park district let him into a camp and, oh, good. You will. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> let me talk to you a little bit about Matthew. And, <laughs> you know, so I got a lot more phone calls of Mrs. Bloom. Um, we had, we had a potty accident. Can you come and help? And mm-hmm. um, so there was a lot of that. There was a lot of juggling. What do I do? Where do I go? Nobody seems to understand that I need help. Um, who do I ask for help? Um you just are so kind of out there kind of floating aimlessly trying to figure out what to do with no real direction, no people around you, no one kind of, you know, rushing to your aid saying, Hey, I've been through this. I can do this with you. Mm-hmm. I can help you. Um, I think even, I, I think you posted this, um, or somebody posted recently on, on social media. And it's a story actually I heard on um, a television show, the West wing, which Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a huge wing nut. Um, (laughs) Was it welcome to Holland? Well, it's something like that. I read the welcome to Holland and Uh yeah. Welcome to Holland. Get on the plane. Think you're going to Holland. You end up in Thailand. Yes. Uh (laughs) Um, That's a lot like the journey. Um, No, this was a story about, how I, this really uh, touched me, how I was feeling Mm -hmm. was, um, you know, a a therapist walks down, writes a note, or no, you're walking along the road and you fall into a hole. And the therapist walks by and throws a note down to you and says, here, follow these instructions and, and you'll be able to get out of there. And a doctor walks by and throws down a prescription and says, here, call this person and they'll help you. And a mom who has a child with autism walks by, jumps down in the hole and says, hey, I've been down here before and I know the way out. Oh, you're going to make me cry. That was not me. I okay, never heard that else, before. But that is like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting misty. Cause it's so, it's so true. Like you said, like nobody is there to just, 
you know, sit with you in those dark times. Sorry, I'm getting emotional, but it's like, it really is. You do feel so isolated and you feel so lonely, even if you have, you know, people there to support you. Kind of like when you said in the beginning, like until it's your kid and you're the one who is faced, you know, with, with these issues, like you, you just don't get it. But then having another mom to, to understand where you're coming from and, and just listen to you because they don't really have to say anything. Cause it's like, they know, um, that's priceless. Right. Yeah. So it's, um, there was a lot of loneliness mm-hmm. in that first year of really accepting Matthew's delays. Um, we still didn't have a diagnosis at that point. That was what I was going to ask you. Cause I feel like now it's like a lot of time has passed. So what, what actually spurred you then to like get the, the real diagnosis? So when we started his second year of free school, mm-hmm. um, we had to go in for a, his, uh, I don't know if it was his three-year-old or four, it would have been his four-year-old checkup. Mm-hmm. And I, I brought him in to the doctor and, oh boy, did that go horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he was still semi-verbal at this point, maybe 20 to 30 words. So mm-hmm. still not a lot. And um, not real good interactions with adults because he's always been a big kid mm-hmm. and, he, and he does make eye contact. So adults really are kind of fooled into, oh, he's big. He, I can talk to him. Totally. And then Matthew just sort of looks at the people like they're speaking another language mm-hmm. and, you know, he doesn't pay any attention to him or he gets frustrated and then he will throw a tantrum. Mm-hmm. So we went to see the doctor and we go into the office and it's a nurse and it's the typical questions, you know, the, the milestone questions. And then it's a, um, Oh, let's take his temperature. And she she goes to put a thermometer in his mouth. I'm like, that's not going to (laughs) work. She's like, well, this is the only one I have in here. Well, that's not going to work. Is there anything else that you can use? Mm -hmm. She's like, well, can we just try? I said, no, I know that that's not going to work. He's not going to hold it in his mouth. He's not going to understand it. Right. What do you mean? He doesn't understand it. I said, could could we try something else? Well, you know, we don't need to take it. He seems fine. Okay. (laughs) Then we do his weight and he's able to kind of pull himself together to to stand on the scale. Mm-hmm. And then she says, let's check his height. And so she turns him around to measure him on the wall. And mm-hmm. that's when he loses it because someone is kind of prodding and pushing mm-hmm. him and, you know, trying to get him into this position. And with most four-year-olds, mm-hmm. they have they have enough cognition to understand what this adult is trying to get them to do. Mm -hmm. Even with the adult saying very nicely, okay, sweetie, can we turn around and Mm -hmm. step our feet back to the wall? Matthew didn't understand any of that. And so Mm -hmm. he just started to rage Mm -hmm. and threw himself on the floor. And I just kind of curled up next to him threw my arms around him, started to squeeze on him Mm -hmm. to try and get him to calm. 
And I just looked up at the nurse as I'm sitting on the floor now with him mm-hmm. and still screaming. And I looked at her, I said, could I lay him out on the, the exam table and you can just mark it his head, mark it his feet. And she just looked at me like I had eight heads. Oh. Like we do that for infants. <laughs> and so I just looked at her and I go, well, you know what? That's the only way we're getting his height. Yeah. So exactly. we either do that or we don't. So she turns around, opens the door, walks out of the office, throws her hands in the air and says, I'm not dealing with this. Oh my gosh. I would have, I don't know what I would have said. It wouldn't have been. (laughs) Oh yeah. So within, within a couple seconds, the doctor walks in and she doesn't even approach me. She stands like across me, across from me in the room Mm -hmm. and kind of holds out a business card. And says, here, take this. And I take it and I look at it. I go, what's this? Oh, I think that would be a doctor that would be better for Matthew. Oh, my gosh. And I just looked at it and looked at her and looked at it again. And I said, okay, um, I see developmental pediatrician on here. Are you saying that you can no longer take care of Matthew? Mm -hmm. Well, I just think there's a better doctor out there for Matthew. And I just looked at her. What are you seeing in my son that you're not telling me? And then she didn't say anything. And she just said, I think this would be best. And then left the room. So that was like a kick in the gut, (laughs) a smack in the face. I can't even... Um, I feel like I, I, I read like stories about this kind of thing and I, but to actually speak to someone who had this happen to them, like, it's just like, it's like your jaw drops. Like you're like, how, how is it that like medical professionals really act this way? Well, what I started to realize and, um, a lot of the clarity came after I talked to my brother because my brother had been there. Mm-hmm. And he had these people. Um, I don't want to say ignorant. I just want to say they just don't get it. They they also just don't know. I think that's right. thing that like as we were talking about before the pediatricians. Pediatricians go to school to deal with children. They go to school to deal with children who are, you know, nine neuro neuro children who are neurotypical children. Yeah, exactly. Neurotypical, relatively healthy. They yes. there is a wall. They yes. <laughs> a line that they don't cross because they don't know what's on the other side of that line. They just know how to get you up to the line. Right. So if you have, you know, anything outside the box, that's when they're sending you to the specialist, which is fine. But at the same time, there is a hundred percent a better way to go about it than than they did for you. Tell me why, tell me what you're seeing. What have you recorded over the history of the numerous times that we've been into this pediatric office? What, what has been documented? I got nothing. That's crazy. So, um, later, like right around that same time, I'd say within a couple of weeks of that, we had parent teacher conferences. And so this was our first run of parent teacher conferences, um, with both kids and work. My husband and I are sort of tag teaming. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this one alone. We need, I need you here. Mm -hmm. And he met me at school after work. And we go into the conference and there's the teacher 
the speech therapist and the OT. And at first, everything is going fine. Matthew's doing great with his letters. He's doing great with his numbers. You know, your typical preschool conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all just kind of sat there and sort of stared at each other. And in my husband had been thinking about this for a while. And um, I wish that... <laughs> I wish that he would have told me that he had it on his mind before we went into the conference. Oh no. (laughs) But right then, um, in, in, in perfect Eric form, (laughs) he just says, so do you think he's autistic or what? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And you were just shocked in the moment. I was shocked. I was mortified. Oh my God. (laughs) My jaw is on the floor. I can't believe he just said that. And honestly, it was the best thing he could have ever done. Oh, wow. Because the occupational therapist, who was just this wonderful, intelligent, seasoned professional, kind of sat up in her chair and looks at, she goes, if you are concerned about that word, here's what I would say would be a good way To find out if it fits. (laughs) So like very tiptoeing. Oh, very (laughs) tiptoeing, very CYA covering, you know, (laughs) making sure that she is not, you know, getting herself into lawsuit trouble. Yeah. Um, And she really put it out there like, if you need to know this, Mm -hmm. then here's what I would suggest. Mm -hmm. And you need to talk to these people. And if you do get a diagnosis, let me just say that the world just opens up. Everybody will have open arms and say, come here, we can help. And it took a little, a little while for me to digest all of that mm-hmm. and really understand like, oh my God, what do we need to do? So when he said that, and you said, like, in the moment you were shocked, were, had you had these thoughts up until oh, that point? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, after that meeting, we got into the car. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for, like, a good 30 minutes, I just raged. I <laughs> raged. Like, I was angry at him, but I was happy that he did it. But I can't believe we're going to live in this town with an autistic child. Do you know how people are going to treat us? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We're going to be like lepers. People aren't going to want to be our friend. And they're going to, oh my, I, this is, it's already hard enough to make mom friends. This is going to make it worse. Like Mm -hmm. I just sat there and just raged because I had, honestly, I had two years worth of feelings that I had just not acknowledged and kept pushing back saying, Mm -hmm. nope, nope. It's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. Okay. And it took me a few months, but I knew that we had to leave our pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And so the first step was I had to gather all of the paperwork that they had and all the documentation. Mm-hmm. And then that was a struggle because they didn't, they wanted to know why and where was I going mm-hmm. and was I moving and why did I need all the documentation? And I'm like, it, I own it. Yeah. yeah. My kid. <laughs> yeah. My kid, my info. Yeah. Over. Well, so that, that, that took, you. Uh, what? 
she already had referred you to the the developmental pediatrician so why were they being so like cagey about it right yeah so I had decided like I I have a family who is very well connected with uh, Lurie Children's Mm -hmm. and in my mind like any other hospital other than that or Northwestern wasn't going to be good enough Mm -hmm. and she had suggested I go to a different hospital and I just kind of looked at that and I go, yeah, they might know something, but that's not where we're going. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I asked around, I asked some friends, of course, none of these people have autistic children, so I don't really know what I was looking for, but, um, I was actually, um, at a fitness studio here in town in Glen Ellen and I someone standing next to me overheard me talking to a friend and she just looks she goes hey you need a diagnosis and I just kind of looked up like what huh (laughs) what are you talking about she goes hey if you need a diagnosis my my son my son's on the spectrum here here's who you're going to call and she directed me to go to uh, Wheaton Pediatrics to talk to this Dr. Lieber and that he was going to save the day and he really did Oh my gosh. Um, we sent over all of Matthew's um, evaluations, testing, every document, that his IEP, everything that we had mm-hmm. uh, on file. And we sent it to the doctor's office before we got there. And so when we did get there, it was probably a month's time in between. And so this was like early February-ish, I guess. And um, Matthew was about four. We sat down with the doctor and within five minutes he said, well, clearly he's on the spectrum, but let's get you an official diagnosis and let's find a doctor for you so that you can have some peace of mind. And the doctor just immediately sat down, took his phone out, a piece of paper and a pen and just started writing down all the different doctors that could give us a diagnosis and who did we need to talk to and what questions did we need to ask and what types of therapy did he say was going to be best? And um, that was just sort of like, oh, wow. Okay. Roadmap. Yes. I, I can work from a roadmap. I'm mm-hmm. great with directions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that, that is something about me um, that I've always struggled with. I, I struggle with that, um, that self-motivation that pick yourself up and get moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a framework. If you can show me how to do something, if you can tell me how to do something, I will do it the best that you've ever seen anybody do. (laughs) So I got this, the name of this doctor and it just so happens that normally it would take six months to get an an appointment. She had a cancellation. We were a new patient. So they were able to squeeze us in, in about two months time. Oh, wow. Sort of, you know, that was remarkable. Yes. So there was a ton more paperwork for me to fill out, lots more questionnaires. I swear I have written my, <laughs> my own self history, you know, medical history, family history. It is like, I, I always try to like say that to people. Like, I'm like, I can't even explain to you the amount of paperwork you deal with as an autism parent. Like <laughs> you just, you don't get it until you get it. And it's like, I, I have, you know, a neurotypical child as well. And I know you do too. And it's like, you know, you maybe have to fill out like a form a year for them. 
Oh, yes. It's yes. just this like. <laughs> this isn't a form. This is a packet yes. of forms. And there's multiple packets. And there's <laughs> more. And it never stops. And right. it keeps coming. Right. So yeah. you fill out all this paperwork and then. Um, you know, you have the appointment. And so I, I get there and I sit down and I turn in all the paperwork and some of it I didn't even finish. And she's like, well, we can't start. And I'm like, oh my God, now I'm frantically trying to fill out all of these, pa- <laughs> you know, these papers and, you know, so she starts the evaluation. It's a, like about a three hour process mm-hmm. where I'm just sitting with her in an exam room and she's got toys in there for Matthew and, interacting with Matthew and she's doing different types of games, which really are all tests. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the whole process, she is this wonderful, wonderful woman who is young and so intelligent. And she just looks at me and goes, well, Mrs. Bloom, it's what we thought. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. It's okay. You're going to be okay. He's going to be great. And here's why. I want you to get him in speech and OT and ABA. And is there anything else you can think of? How about swim? Let's get him into water therapy or swim lessons. That's Mm going to be great. Is there anything else you think we should do it? I just looked at her like, uh, whatever you say, whatever. (laughs) whatever you're selling I'm buying so yeah (laughs) let's figure this out Mm -hmm. and um that's when she said the first thing I want you to do is go to um the lab here at the hospital you're going to do some blood work and we're going to do some testing and here's the testing and she explained the different things that she wanted to test for and why she wanted to do genetic testing Mm-hmm. Now, this is a uh, board-certified pediatrician and board-certified neurologist, and she did a pediatric neurology fellowship, and she's published multiple articles on autism, ADHD, behavioral disorders, sensory disorders. So I want I'm to take sitting- Logan to go see her. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she sounds she's incredible. wonderful. Uh-huh. She's wonderful. And I said, well, why do we do this genetic testing? Haven't, haven't they said that there's no gene? They can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, 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 no. This is the gold standard. This is what you're going to do. You need to do this. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, okay. Where do I go? What do I do? Sends me down to the lab. She called ahead, said we have a, um, a potential autistic patient this is what you need to do. We walk into the room to have, um, you know, the blood drawn and we've got like a, a cheerleading staff. It was a, a set of nurses that were like, yay, Matthew, how are you? And the, each of them was holding a toy and <laughs> he came in and it was like King Matthew, <laughs> you know, everything that they could say or do to not have him be scared. And you'd think this kid who's like, got sensory issues these women are just like in his face he loved it he thought it was great big smile on his face (laughs) I sit in the chair with them I put my arms around him and I said let's do this quick yeah oh my gosh and he's looking at me and he's like mommy mommy what doing what doing oh and and before you know it he's got the needle in his arm 
And he looks at the woman who's taking his blood and goes, ouch, oh. you, hood- you hooded me. <laughs> and then he oh kind of started to tear up a little bit and then it was done. Oh my God, and- that went so much better. I was ready for you to be like, and then... No, I mean, it, we had it could shoot. not, like, I was a nervous wreck. Like, yes. I, was, like, I, I got out of there and I'm sweating, just uh-huh. dripping in sweat. Like, oh my God. I was God. nervous listening to you. Like, I was like, oh God, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and it just went way better than I ever would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but fast forward about um, six weeks later and the doctor calls and she's like, well, um, I wanted to let you know. Matthew does have a genetic anomaly. Oh. Oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? You know what? Hold on. My husband is traveling right now, but I know I can conference him in on this call. He needs to be listening to this. She's like, okay, I'll hold. Click. <laughs> I accidentally hung up on her and then oh. couldn't get her back. Because oh, because she God. was in she was literally in appointments for the rest of the week I could not get her back on the phone oh my gosh and here you are I I genetic anomaly (laughs) exactly so I'm just like (laughs) hanging on genetic anomaly what the hell oh my gosh so my husband and I are frantically trying to call the doctor's office trying to get anyone on the phone we finally get a nurse she goes I'm sorry but the doctor is completely booked she does not have time for a phone call until Monday, we can schedule it at this time, blah, 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 blah. So the next week, I am literally like on pins and needles, like, oh, my God, what what's wrong with my son? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what those two words really mean. Genetic anomaly. Like, what, what, what is it could be anything. It it could be anything. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. So we we finally get her back on the phone and she explains and she (laughs) then she's like, it's okay. This is fairly common. This is something that's so outside the norm when we diagnose someone with autism. It's like, oh, great. Okay. (laughs) She's like, so keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Everything's going to be great. But now we know exactly what is causing this autism-like behavior. And it's because of this genetic anomaly. And um, what it is, is uh, it's on the 15th chromosome and it's called dupe 15 Q dash 11.2. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Fancy name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really what that means is that he has a duplicate 15th chromosome and on that duplicate, he has a micro deletion. Oh, Okay. So what the doctor then explained to us was she actually showed it to us on a piece of paper and Mm -hmm. said, here's where the micro deletion is. Here's what genes are affected. And because these genes are affected, this is the behavior that results. And these are the deficiencies that resulted. Okay. And that was just like, whoa, (laughs) huge. Yeah. But it also was so satisfying. Yeah. Because I can never have anyone come to me and say, are you sure he's autistic? Uh, yep. And I got the <laughs> testing to prove it. <laughs> right. Right. So um, fast forward. This was when he was four. So this was two years, two years ago. No, this was he was five. 
almost five. Oh gosh, I can't even remember. This was April of 2016. <laughs> Where are we? Um, okay. So he was. He got diagnosed like right around the same time. My son got diagnosed in March of oh 2017. Okay. But like a year before him. Mm-hmm. So this, yeah. So this was April of um, 2016, mm-hmm. and it was just like, okay, all right. And I had sort of, again, I had my marching orders. Mm-hmm. I needed to find speech, OT, ABA, and swim. And I was, again, you're faced with another big thing, and you've got nobody to talk to um, who's really going to get it. So I started to reach out to those very few people that I knew, these few moms that I knew that had been on a similar journey. And I reached out to them and I said, Hey, who would you suggest for this? Who would you suggest for this? And so we were directed to Easter seals in uh, Villa park. And we have just been hooked up with some wonderful therapists who have really helped Matthew make huge, huge progress over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Um, What was really big for us was when he started kindergarten you know, every mom walks up, to, walks up to the school on the first day of kindergarten, tears in their eyes. Oh, my baby, my baby is starting school. And for me, it was not about that. It wasn't, I'm losing my little buddy. You know, so many moms were saying, oh, it was so great having my buddy at home with me. For me, it was, oh my gosh, we climbed the mountain. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten was the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Every year at his IEP meeting, every little, you know, conversation outside of the preschool with the teacher or the therapist, every little one of those, those dialogues was always kindergarten's the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get him to kindergarten. We just got to keep making progress to get to kindergarten. And did he start in like a, uh, like a gen ed kindergarten class? He started in a gen ed class. Oh, wow. wow. He had speech, OT, social work minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, He also had a shared aid, which ended up being his aid because the other person who was going to share the aid was not there. Okay. Um, And he did awesome. He just flourished. But on that first day, we drop him off and he turns around and he says, bye, mom. Bye, dad. See ya. I'm going to school. <laughs> walks up to this little boy and says, hi, I'm Matthew. Today's my first day of school. Will you be my friend? Oh, my gosh. And I am just in tears. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The amount of progress, the amount of hard work, the, the, the driving to all the different therapy sessions, the talking to all the different doctors and all the different therapists mm-hmm. and walking this not even walking climbing climbing Mm -hmm. this mountainside Mm -hmm. where it's two steps up one step down three steps up two steps down Mm -hmm. just this constant progress where you just have to keep chipping away at it and then we reached the top of the mountain and he started school and it's like oh my god that's why I was crying yeah it was he did it yeah we did it Mm -hmm. we got here 
And it was just from then on, like, he still had his bad moments. I still got the phone calls. Uh, Mrs. Bloom, I need you to come to the school. <laughs> um, but as the year went on, the phone calls became less. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew has been assigned to the most amazing resource teacher who I told her if she ever leaves the school, I'm going to handcuff myself to her. Um, <laughs> She is just so wonderful. She gets me. She gets Matthew. She understands how hard we've worked. Mm-hmm. And so now Matthew is in first grade and he is having, in the words of his resource teacher, he is having an epic year. Oh, that's amazing. I got his report card and he has all fours and fives, which are, you know, I always say fives are you're Jesus and you walk on water. So if you get a five, it's like, <laughs> oh boy. Um, I had his parent teacher conferences last week and I met with all of the teachers, mm-hmm. you know, just his classroom teacher, but everybody. Mm-hmm. And all of them just kept saying, he is so happy to be in school. He's the kind of student you want to teach because he really wants to learn. Mm-hmm. and that's all I want that's all I wanted was just for him to be able to be in school mm-hmm. to learn to want to learn and you know the biggest fear and I, I, I'm sure you can relate to this and other moms can relate to this you just fear for your child when they go to school are they going to are they going to make friends mm-hmm. is it going to be hard for them but with an autistic child it's bigger yeah mm-hmm. it's not just are they going to make friends is it's are the kids going to understand him are the kids going to not only not want to be his friend but they're going to pick on him they're going to make fun of him yeah make him feel bad mm-hmm. uh, and that so far thank god Praise Jesus. <laughs> he has made some wonderful friends. We just celebrated his seventh birthday with a an all-boy birthday bowling party. Oh, my goodness. And the boys come running in, arms wide open. Matthew! Give him a big hug. Aww. And that is like, that's all I ever wanted. Yeah. All, all you ever want is just for somebody to see your kid and love your kid like you do. And oh, we've we've gotten to that place and you know, I the fight's not over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the battle is not it done. Never. <laughs> there are still therapists to talk to and progress to be made and and doctors appointments and you know, you just don't know what the future holds. So you just take each day, mm-hmm. you know, each day at a time. And, and, um, you know, I, I said before, I love the West wing and <laughs> I really do. I'm kind of a nut about it, but, um, <laughs> there's so many lessons that I've learned from that show. Um, it was, for me, it was uh, it was something I shared with my father. My dad and I were very close, and Matthew actually bears a striking resemblance to my dad. Aww. 
And one of the themes in that show that's constant, it's, it's pretty much in every single episode, um, when the president has all the information and he understands what's going on, he doesn't ask more questions. He just looks up and says, what's next? <laughs> and for me, I try as hard as I can to just take in the information and then look up and say, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. We finished that battle. We've got what we need. We've got our marching orders. What's next? Yeah. Let's forward. And sometimes that is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But I hear it in the back of my head all the time. What's next? Keep moving. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's where what and that's where we're at. Derpy. <laughs> oh my goodness, he just sounds like such a success story. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know what you mean because they're yeah, the fight is never over. What's next is is always you know <laughs> on your mind. But I mean, he sounds like he's doing incredible. So that's, that's amazing. Well, um, yeah. (laughs) You're like, no, actually he is. (laughs) Well, you know, um, no, he, he really is. Uh, But I have amazing people around me. Um, My sister is my constant support. My family um, absolutely loves us and supports us and is there for us anytime we've ever needed them. They all get it. They accept it. They know it. And now, um, you know, there's eight grandchildren on my side of the family and Matthew is the youngest and Quinn is the oldest. And so they are my double A batteries. They are my awesome boy. And Quinn. So cute. (laughs) Double A batteries. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Quinn, Quinn looks out for Matthew and, um, you know, we were just over with them, uh, the other day and Quinn looks at Matthew and says, Hey, my buddy is here. And Matthew runs across the room and just jumps into his arms. Oh my gosh. And so they sweet. are just, you know, the best of friends. Oh, and, I love it. You know, Quinn, Quinn is now he's 14. He's starting high school and he advocates for himself now. And that's really the goal. Mm-hmm. you want your child to be able to advocate for themselves and so absolutely he's, he's in his IEP meetings and he's oh, telling oh people, my gosh he's telling people you know I'm autistic but that doesn't mean I can't do this oh. and so he's like Auntie Colleen I'm gonna be there for Matthew I'm gonna I'm gonna show him the way and that is just like oh my heart <laughs> I again oh my gosh that is like so inspiring yeah that is so, just incredible hard work pays off yes it does and these kids work so hard and yes it's just like they they deserve all the credit because they do they work so hard and they are incredible wonderful and it's it's just amazing when you when you because the progress feels slow when it's happening but then yeah when you when you step back and and look at the whole journey it's like oh my gosh like you said like we climbed that mountain (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, now I've made so many connections with some really amazing moms mm -hmm. who I just, I say that I'm, you know, every time I meet a new therapist, every time I 
um, make a new, you know, warrior mom friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just say I'm adding them to my mom team. These are yes. this is my team. <laughs> this is my team of people that are going to help me parent my yeah. child. And um, I've met some amazing moms and I don't feel quite as isolated and alone as, as I did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and that was actually one of the reasons why I started and I'm still really in the process of kind of getting it together, but um, I have a little bit of a blog going. Yeah. The whole point, <laughs> the whole point was to reach out to other moms to be a voice to those moms that feel like they're all alone. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, I am life in bloom is, uh, is my blog. So it's, um, and spell that cause it's not, it's not, it's, it's not how you would think it's, it's my last name is Bloom, um, but it is spelled differently. It's B L U H M. Life in Bloom. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to just be, you know, share our journey and mm-hmm. uh, be honest and um, be a voice for those moms that are, you know, feeling alone. Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much the same reason why I started the podcast, because I just wanted to connect with other moms and, like you said, just share our journeys. Because when you talk to someone who understands and, and gets it, it just like, there there's such, you know, that, that pressure is off. You know, you don't have oh. to over explain everything. Um, but oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for, for coming on and for sharing your journey. I know it's not only is it going to resonate with a lot of people listening, um, but it's, it's just so inspiring. It really is because your son is, like I said, I mean, I know there's, you're always going to be thinking about what's next, <laughs> um, but he really is uh, such a success story. And I, I love hearing that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate um, what you're doing and, and how you're sharing your journey. And I, um, I appreciate having, you know, ha- you having me on. So thank you so oh. much. Well, thank you. All right, Colleen, you take care. All right. Nice talking with you, Megan. You too. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Colleen. I just think that she is so genuinely sweet and kind, and I just love talking with her. And even when I listened to this episode back, her that, that sincerity just comes right through, which I think is a really powerful quality. So definitely go check out her blog. She has some really wonderful blog posts up that just kind of echo the things that we talked about today. And she's able to sort of dive in a little deeper. So check that out, Life in Bloom. And I will link to all that when I post this. And once again, I just have to say thank you to everybody for listening. This past week, especially, I've had so many listeners reach out with messages and emails and it's been really incredible. I can't believe how how many people are listening to the show and how many people it's it's reaching and that it's really resonating with. That was my goal and to to see it happening is just so incredible. So again, if you are one of those people and you're enjoying the show, please rate and review on Apple podcast. It really is so helpful. And again, if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at adventures and autism podcast. 
on Instagram at Adventures and Autism Pod. And you can email me at Adventures and Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I love hearing from all of you guys. If you have a story that you would like to share in the podcast, definitely reach out. Or like I said, if you're just listening and enjoying or want to ask me something or chat with me, I am open to all of the above. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day and until next time, take care.